Everything's fine on 93.9 Dublin South FM. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Business Eye. On this week, we have some amazing guests. And you know what it is? It's Friday the 13th as well. Woohoo, Friday the 13th. 13th being my lucky number and Friday being a great day as well. So it's not too bad for me today at all. Not too bad. Simon, how's your week been? It's been good. It's been good. And I am superstitious. So, you know, I'm just a bit wary about what you're going to do to me today. But it's been a great week and... uh, yeah, TGIF. <laughs> yes, yeah. Anything exciting in the week happen? Or you been, uh, have you noticed anything crazy out there in the world on social media? Or a, a lot of crazy stuff happening in London, as you know. It's crazy, isn't it? It's mad. It, it's, it it's is. you know, the more it's pictures that I see of Boris, the more I think of um, what, uh, Benny Hill, really. It reminds do. me of a sheepdog. <laughs> Can I say yeah. that? Or a womble. A womble. <laughs> He does like we put a little wobble since we were talking about Wimbledon yeah, yeah. a minute ago exactly. as well. But tell us who have we got on this super lunchtime today? We we've got on? two great guests in the studio, and I think we've got somebody else calling in later. And I know both of these guests; uh, I know them well. So the first up is uh, Shannon Eastman, who I met a couple of years ago. Uh, and you have a company called Teacher Brand to Fish. Welcome; it's great to see you. Thank you. It's good to be here. Thanks a lot. It's great to see you. I look forward to chatting about your business and, and etc. And then Robbie, Robbie Caffrey. I know Robbie very well. Robbie, actually, I'm going to disclosure up front. Robbie does a, a fair bit of uh, creative brand work for me. Um, and I am passionate about the work that Robbie does in terms of connecting strategy to brand direction. So uh, welcome, Robbie. Thanks for having us. So Robbie is the one that makes you look good. Uh, he tries. All those images well, you can blame you him. Have. You can blame That's him. Robbie, we, yeah. we need to talk. Hard to talk. Yes, and at about quarter past one, we're going to have Mike Hancock. Uh, he's going to be coming on. He's running a, a, a seminar uh, coming in at the end of this month, early October, and we'll be connecting with him to tell us all about that as well. Yeah, Mike is a cool guy. He's a mentor, a business consultant, and he's a very much a uh, a conscious leader as well. So, tell us, Sharon. Shannon. Shannon, I apologise. <laughs> Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th, <laughs> that's it. Tell me about your company. I think it's I've come across it before. Um, someone has told me about your company before. Um, they were looking into some stuff you were doing. It'll come to me. It'll yeah. come to me, Anna. But tell us a little bit about what you do, because you said something interesting when we were having coffee that you, your clients don't use social media. Yeah, tell me that's more. True. Uh, so, teach a brand to fish is um, marketing, sales, media organization firm for B two B companies with less than thirty employees. So that means. They don't have marketing people on board, or if they do, they've split that job function between three other employees, and they get a couple hours a week between them to make up the marketing function. Um, So these type of firms, when they're investing marketing budget, they definitely need to see results. Um, And so while it's really great to have social media, um, we were talking to, what was the Australian lady that we were having coffee with earlier? Uh, Marta. Martha, so well, she made a great point. You know, while social media is really great to have as a supplement mm. to your sales and marketing activities, when you're a smaller firm, it is a nice to have 
when you've got some revenue and some cash flow coming in. Uh, so no, we haven't used uh, social media marketing, if you will, for the last three years. So are most of your clients then bricks and mortar businesses? No, B2B. Uh, so we do a lot of tech, a lot of SaaS, software as a service, good few couple of consultants, predominantly in the financial services industry at the moment, a um, couple of recruitment firms, but B2B. So when you when you first engage with them or they engage you, what what's the first thing you take them through in terms of the a direction? A free 90-minute workshop. Okay. And what does that entail? Um, <clears throat> it's 90 minutes so that they we can both get a sense of each other. Like, we, everyone in this room would appreciate the concept that we're not everybody's cup of tea. Yeah. And we'd all be quite comfortable with that. Yeah. Um, so when you're a small business, making a decision about marketing is terrifying. Yeah. Small businesses probably hate marketing, if not marketing people. Yeah. <laughs> um, I say that because a few uh, clients and ex-clients have sent me the YouTube link to the comedian, All Marketers Should Die. <laughs> have you seen it? And I laugh because it's true. It's, it can be quite frustrating. So the first 90 minutes. I think just on that, it's yeah. important to say that I've always taken that skeptical stance on marketers. But since I've been doing work in the brand valuation space, spending money wisely and resources wisely on the right type of marketing can really improve the value of your business. And I, Absolutely. I, and I think it's the marketing industry, if anybody, at fault for not really explaining that and, and delivering on that key point. High but, five. Look, yeah. look, marketing is, as you said, it's getting people aware that you're out there. Marketing can be myself outside talking to someone about what I do yeah. like there's a very fine line between marketing and sales you know and some of the stuff that we do in the sales process is marketing creating curiosity prospecting that is is selling but it's also marketing make people aware yeah. many years ago I, I had a business and we didn't have a budget for online marketing so we printed up a load of flyers and yeah. I went out and knocked on doors and we got an amazing result yeah. because yeah. it was that human connection so when you say your clients don't use mark online social mark, media, social media yeah. but they do have online an online presence absolutely okay yeah absolutely yeah. so uh, we separate mm. social media into two buckets one is your social media skin so when I go and check out Simon Haig uh, online um, I would like some reassurance that he exists beyond the first interaction that we've just had. So I like to see that you've got a LinkedIn presence. I like to see you have a website. That's all social proof for me. Whether I'm going to buy your $10,000, $20,000 product because I've just seen that, probably not. But it reassures me that you're real. Um, so the other part, it would be social media content and execution activity. Mm. And it's great to have resources to do that stuff. Mm. Because having online marketing supplement what is your direct marketing? Can I say that yeah. your flyers would have been direct have marketing? Been, yeah. And I think while it had the human touch, it was also about you guys going, we don't have any marketing budget. What is the best result we can do right now to get a return? Yeah. That's it. That's all that matters when you're a small business. Yeah, but it's also, it's there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there who don't have money to spend on marketing. Absolutely. 
but they do have the cop on and the knowledge to outreach. So they will connect with people on LinkedIn. Like I, I use LinkedIn as my Rolodex. And I say to people, LinkedIn is like me walking into a hotel room where there's a network meeting. And that's how I act with my LinkedIn profile. Yeah. And, and that to me, but that's what, me, that's what marketing is that's to me. Is, yeah. that's, you know, the only marketing that I spend money on is if I'm running an event around the country and I want to just make people aware. Because you know yourself, there's the awareness, mm-hmm. awareness, awareness, and then there's getting people to purchase. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm running an event, say, in Galway. And in that, I'm running small campaign ad on Facebook. Not a lot because it's a target area. It's five a day. And that's just making the people in that area know that it's existing. But I'm going to then pick up the phone and network to get people into that event. There's a, there's, there's another, just, just over to you, Robbie. We were having a chat last night about, I think there's a real delicate balance between overspending and overactivity around marketing and social media. And, and yet uh, some, some of the best businesses are so cool, have such a reputation that um, they kind of step back a bit and they spend their time and their effort on building their brand and reputation. What, what 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 do you think? I mean, Robbie. So you, you, your area of work, you, you've got a background in recruitment, so you know what businesses need to underpin their revenue and reputation. And so you look at it from a, building the brand to to improve the reputation of the business. Yeah, and, and I think that's probably what's a little bit different about what I do. Um, coming out of brand from uh, you know a perspective of would I like to to work for this company? Yeah, uh, and that needs to start from you know, pre-business launch. An awful lot of brands and companies I see don't do this until, you know, later on where they've already formed who they are. They have already, already decided what their, their brand image is going to be, their their social skin, as you, you called it. Um, but where I come from with the recruitment background and, and trying to find relevant people for a relevant business, that idea has spawned into, well, ultimately, what does that look like? And from a psychological point of view, what brand will attract a certain person? Yeah. So you need to understand your own brand from a very early stage. Yeah, or at least where you want it to be going. Well, yeah, so what does the brand look like today? Who are you when yeah, yeah. you put yourself, you know, fast forward five years or whatever? Yeah. There's a brand and there's a brand who the person think they should be. Exactly. So, And that's that, my job is to get yeah. in there and actually work that out because it's, it's there's a thing, this founder syndrome is... is a real. large portion of what I it's got to deal real. with. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. But but that's it. It's, you know, I'll have this brand and this is the wonderful thing and, you know, I've got yep. my new shoes and I run out. But if the brand is, the brand should be really that person as unique as they possibly can be themselves. That's what the brand is. But a lot of people have that fake syndrome and, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, an, I'm, I'm self-employed and I'm important. No, that, that's a key point, that authenticity. I was at an event last night, uh, just a plug for the wonderful junior chamber, JCI in Ireland, and I was talking about negotiation stuff. And, and one of the people in the audience, I think it was a Chinese guy, and he asked a really cool question, which was, can you read something on Google for a week and then tell the world you're an expert? And the answer is, yes, you can. You can, but surely you're not authentic in that space. You have to really work at this stuff. And I, I, wrote, I wrote a LinkedIn post a couple of years ago called Just Google It. <laughs> And it was the, the the argument of is traditional education almost dead? Yeah. Because you've got uh, MOOCs and mm-hmm. um, educational systems. Like you can go to MIT online now. Yeah. You can go to Harvard online now. 
yeah. and not pay a penny unless yeah. you want the accredited cert. Yep. Yeah. Um, and that kind of ties into what the guy was talking about last night. Yeah. But then, are you an expert, or does that term even exist anymore? You know. I would. I've heard. So I love that comment. You know, at what point do you consider yourself to be an expert? Yeah. Um, Ten thousand hour rule. Wasn't it Mozart? Yeah, no, that's, yeah, but that's that's being debunked as well, a lot of that, because we're talking about 10,000 hours makes you an expert in something. I think 10,000 hours qualifies you for a certain level of understanding and depth. But then Einstein would go on to say, you know, if I was presented a problem, I'd spend 98% of the time thinking about the problem and the last 2% actually um, mm-hmm. putting a solution together. Um, you can tell a lot about someone's skill set and expertise yeah. after three or four questions. Yeah, yeah. I think it would also be very wary of the term expert. Yeah. The one thing that does my head in, and I, was, I, this thought leader, people have said, oh, talk, yeah. what is a thought leader? Mm. I, you know. I definitely want to have that conversation with you, particularly in this new age of marketing. Uh, and there's another word that has had influencer, right? I don't yeah. really know what's an influencer. So you influence me, <laughs> and you influence <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but that's, so that's just bad habits between so the two of you. So what do you, what do you I both do, think? I want to have that conversation yeah. when there's time and space because probably after the break that's coming yes. up. Yes, <laughs> but I, I want to touch back um, on Google. I want to talk to you about Google as well because sure. do you know people say Google works just because it spends, it makes three billion a year, right? However, I guarantee if you looked at Google. Google. Half of that would be people that get no results at all. They just throw money at it to try it. In the first, in in the beginning, so I, I'm going to remind everyone that I work with very small businesses. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Your community radio for South Dublin. This is Dublin South FM. You're listening to Joe Dalton on Dublin South FM. Community radio with a global audience. And welcome back, folks, to uh, Business Eye here on a Friday the afternoon, the 13th, Friday the 13th. And I have another guest, our other guest, Mike Hancock is on the line. Mike is a conscious business leader. He is an author, a rock star, and runs some amazing events right across the world. And I just want to see if we have Mike here today. Mike, are you there? I'm there, Joe. Can you hear me fine? Ah, uh, Mike, I can hear you loud and clear. That strange foreign accent, but you were in a country so close to us, and you are even going to be closer to us at the end of this month. How are you, my friend? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, we're in Edinburgh today, and we'll be in Dublin on the 1st of October, I think. The 1st of October, that's it, yeah. So so tell tell the audience, Mike. Mike, you're an amazing guy. You are my mentor and coach. You are a world leader. You travel the world helping consultants, business leaders change the way they do business, and I have to say change their life as well. But, Mike, tell everyone, where did it all start with yourself as well? Um, well, it started, I'm a, an only child and I was orphaned at 15. So uh, at uh, that age, I had to go and live with my best friend's parents. And then when I finished school, unlike my friends who went to university, I had to go and get a job. And uh, I, I did. I became a rock star. I played um, professionally in bands for a long time and I still play. And then I got into financial services. And by the time I was 40, I was... Uh, running a, a basically a company, the sales and marketing arm of a company that was doing about oh, 250 million euros a year in, uh, in business, four and a half thousand salespeople. And I just went, I don't want to do this and this is not who I am and I don't want to be remembered for this. And 
you know, my life's got to have some purpose and these jobs aren't safe. They might pay a fortune, but they can disappear. It's time I took my life into my own hands and I became an entrepreneur. Um, I wrote a couple of best-selling books, uh, one in property and one in sales and marketing, strangely enough, which is where I'd come from, then became a speaker and then really found just by diving into that, traveling the world, I went to 108 different countries. Um, and what I really wanted to do was uh, help people reach their potential because so many people are, are stuck in jobs at whatever level. They didn't have to be a general manager level like I was, but they had any sort of level and they need to break free and they need to take control of their life. And, you know, whether we get multiple lives or not is up to everybody's beliefs, but today is about the present and that's all you can own. That's why it's a present. So grab a hold of it. I did and I want other people to do it as well. Mike, it's it's Simon here, Joe's uh, co-guest. It's, it's great to listen Co-host. to Co-host. Co-host, did yeah, I remember? I said guest. Co-host. <laughs> Hi, Simon. Uh, or ghost. <laughs> ghost. <laughs> Joe's ghost. Uh, co-host. And it's great to talk to you. And uh, I'm kicking myself now because a year ago, I think your business partners at Landy Jack contacted me and I nearly came to your event, but I couldn't. So, but... Uh, I'm getting to talk to you now, which is great. And you're making me feel a bit homesick because I've just come back from uh, three years ago, 10 years living in Australia. So uh, it's great to hear that accent again. <laughs> um, yeah. I- I'm really well, interested. in what... actually, Simon, but we won't hold that. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. And it's... Ireland is number one in the rugby. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Exactly. Great. I'm really interested, uh, Mike, in what you're talking about is what you're doing now is is allowing other people to find their purpose. I, I, I've had a similar kind of journey, different career, but I've been through CEO type positions and I do similar stuff now, although it's new to me. I'm now working with, you know, young students uh, teaching and uh, and moving into the whole uh, empowering or influencing younger people in terms of the direction they're taking. And I, I, it's interesting the difference between persuading and influencing. You know, persuading has sort of sort of negative undertones, but I think influencing is probably what you do, which is more about you know presenting a vision and then allowing other people to follow that is would you agree with that with that you know it's a really good point i think simon and um you know some people need influence and some people need to start with a bit of persuasion and you know often people who find themselves losing their jobs um it can be the best thing that ever happened to them because it that um getting kicked out or uh, or even getting kicked out of the nest. I mean, eagles kick their young out of the nest. And uh, and I remember back to, you know, when I was 17, I finished high school and my best friend's father, where I was living at the time, came in and said, uh, did you get the letter? And I said, yep. He said, did you pass? I said, yep. He said, good, two weeks and then you're out of here. And at the time I thought he was that was just the most terrible thing. But I realized now looking back, he gave me the greatest gift. So, you know, I think the, the right politically correct thing to say is that we should you know help people influence them by showing them a path but some people just need a good kick in the ass to get them going yep that's it indeed tell us mike just um tell people what you're doing here on the first of october and where it is as well right well i just double checked it's actually monday the 30th of september so so i've got my day slightly out there so i thought i better double check after you asked me the question we're running a business mastermind. We love to run business masterminds as we travel the world. We're in 17 countries this year. And um, in Dublin, we'll be running that. And, uh, you know, that's at the International Corporate Centre, the same place that you 
and I met last year, Joe, and that's uh, just off St. Stephen's Green. If anybody wants any information on it, they can go to businessmastermindevent.com and that will give them information on our Dublin Mastermind, which is on the 30th of September, or any of our other masterminds which are around Europe if they're traveling as well. And Landy's going to be with you there as well. Lundy's always with me. Uh, You know, we're never apart. So so we bring a a different side to things, as I'm sure you know, Joe. And, um, you know, we we work great together and we love sharing and helping people because we really do have, with what we do, some really grassroots business intelligence from around the world. You know, it's impractical what, you know, Richard Branson's doing or – you know, Mark Zuckerberg, and everybody reads those books or what Trump did when he was an entrepreneur. I'm more interested in what Joe Dalton did that made him a success in his own paddock, you know, in Dublin, rather than what Richard Branson did over 40 years uh, getting funded by billionaires. And that's far more relevant. So we bring that sort of intelligence for people, and that's what we'll be sharing on the 30th. Mike, Mike, how do you find the Irish audience? Is there a particular... A uh, particular drive you've noticed or a particular hunger for certain things? You know, I was expecting this question and uh, I thought about answering it in different ways. So um, Ireland, strangely enough, when we did research going back to 2012 and we we're researching different markets around the world, Ireland has the greatest number of entrepreneurs per capita in Dublin. So it's bigger, more entrepreneurs than Sydney, more entrepreneurs than Silicon Valley, more entrepreneurs than definitely more than London, more entrepreneurs in Cape Town, and the list goes on and on and on. However, the Irish, sorry about this, folks, but the Irish tend to hide behind the troubles in Ireland for the last goodness knows how many hundred years as an excuse not to get off the couch and make what they want to do a success. And I hear that all the time in Ireland. Oh, Mike, you don't realise Ireland's different. We work in South Africa. That's very different. We work in India. That's very, everywhere's very different. But the more it's different, the more it's the same. Ireland has, it's, it's not the home of Apple and Facebook for nothing, right? It's a vibrant business environment where people who really want to go and get things done can really go and get things done. So, you know, I think um, what I experience personally is the entrepreneurs always tell me, the first thing they tell me is how hard it is in Ireland. But you know what? It's no harder than Ireland. We've been successful in Ireland. We're not even from Ireland. It's no harder than in, in Ireland than it is in any other country. And Ireland has more entrepreneurs. So even though people say it's hard, lots of people are entrepreneurs and lots of people are doing well and making a living out of it. I think, Mike, I think you're spot on. I think there is kind of a... Um, I was this came up in a conversation I was doing a, a session last night presenting a session and there's kind of almost like a shyness or a reluctance in Australia they call it the tall poppy syndrome you know it's, it's a very very similar thing in Ireland even more entrenched I think right but then when you look at the economy as a whole uh, I do work with a brand valuation company and Ireland is a couple of years ago was the last time we looked at it, per capita if you put a brand value on Ireland as a country, it's number four on planet Earth behind Luxembourg, wow. Switzerland. So um, as a country, it's doing phenomenally. I think you know, indigenous Irish people need to appreciate that and, and be less shy about that. Is that kind of what you're, what you're observing? Absolutely. I think you're spot on. And I, th- and I love your statistic that you've brought in there, Simon, because uh, that really helps backing in what, what I felt. And I hadn't, I hadn't done that research at that level. 
But, you know, um, you know, we live in New Zealand part of the time and, and, you know, the New Zealand, when we run any sort of event or mastermind New Zealand, people always say, oh, yeah, but we don't like to stick our head up in case, you know, we don't like to boast in New Zealand. And we always say, well, whilst you're not boasting, a bunch of Americans are coming in and stealing your clients, you know. So uh, there's, a, there's a place for humility and we need to be humble about our achievements. Totally. But we don't need to be humble about our skills to the point of not letting people know what they are. That's perfectly put. <laughs> Mike, tell us, what will people bring to this workshop and what will they get out of it as well or the mastermind that you're running? Uh, Joe, great question. Um, generally speaking, people bring lots of questions and different countries tend to have themes. For instance, I'd like to flick a question maybe back at Simon because he spent some time in Australia. Um, Simon, have a guess. What do you think the number one theme is that comes up at the masterminds we've had in Australia in, say, the last two years? Okay. And we'll probably run six of them. In terms of what? The attributes? In terms of questions or concerns from business people. Would it be something to do with uh, should we do more, be doing more business with Asia or would it be anything to do with that? Yeah, you would think it would be those sort of normal questions. The number one, and this is why I, I bring this up to answer Joe's question, the number one question we get in Australia, the number one thing that's discussed at the mastermind is political correctness, how it's ruining Australia and how feminism is ruining Australia. Huh. So we have we have mothers who run businesses who stand up and say they've told their sons the minute they finish university to get out of Australia, they'll never get anywhere in Australia. It's too feminist. So different places have different feels and different vibes. In Ireland, I generally find that people want to come and they want to see how they can do business out of Ireland, how they can be taken seriously in the world, how they can reach to Asia the Americas is very popular as well. So um, really, we have, a, we have a, a rule that nothing's off the table. So, you know, we've talked about everything from how to invest in property in Lithuania to, um, to mindset issues to, you know, political issues that are affecting people, taxation issues, all sorts of things right down to fundamental business stuff like how to get more clients, how to market without spending any money, et cetera, et cetera. So... They're the types of things, Joe, that are generally covered. Excellent, excellent. Uh, Mike, look, we're going to wrap it up here. Um, the link is on the radio station's social media, and it's up on LinkedIn as well. So I would suggest anyone that is interested, definitely go. Uh, Mike and Londy do an amazing work with the participants at that uh, seminar. And, Mike, uh, look, I will talk to you later, and thank you very much for coming on the air. Thanks, Simon. Thanks, Joe. I just noticed we've got five seats left. We only take 10 people. So businessmastermindevent.com. And hopefully a few of you will come along, guys. It's been lovely talking to you. Thanks, Mike. Mike, there's one thing about Ireland. It's lastminute.com. People will book in the last <laughs> 24 hours. So don't be sweating if you've only five. I guarantee you'll have the 10 I'm, well gone. I'm, I'm not sweating. I'm, I'm making sure people get there, get in when they want to. Mike, okay, we'll see you later. Take care. God bless. Take Thank care. Bye-bye. And that was Mike. Nice, nice. Cool, yeah. So cool. we're back in the uh, studio with our with our friends. How are you again? <laughs> we were having a chat before the previous bait break, and you were talking about fighting and all that sort of stuff. Tell, <laughs> tell us what you were talking about there, Sharon. Fighting. Remind me. The three things that market you took the old school oh, marketing yeah. and the new type of marketing. Oh, Joe, you were making a comment about uh, thought leaders and influencers, and as a label um, that people identify with, um, it can be a bit jarring. 
Is that a good paraphrase? Yeah, go on. <laughs> oh, there you are. <laughs> I totally forgot those were on. I wanted to hear what Mike had to say. Um, so, yeah, have I paraphrased that accurately? Yes, there's people battering tone the word around like dirty dishwater. They're throwing it out like I'm, I'm a thought leader, they're a thought leader. And I kind of sometimes question people posting that up on their social um, and I'm not sure what, how, how do you define a thought leader? Um, I want to answer that question in a moment, but I just want to uh, acknowledge that probably the marketing people have told them to do that. Mm. Okay. Probably. Um, it's an SEO thing. <laughs> it's an SEO thing. <laughs> or they're completely lacking in confidence. Oh, that's also, I'm not going to pull at that thread, but that's, there's, that's also a possibility. The, the, the difference between marketing is because we have, say, the old brigade of marketing, which were billboards and papers and everything, yeah. who then went to try and do it on social mm-hmm. and called, call it the black art of marketing because they couldn't figure it out and they could not figure it out. So what they did is they went back to their companies and said, this is what we're doing. And I believe that 80% of the business out there is done by 20%. And then there's 20% who's, then there's 80% fishing around for 80% of the business. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So what about this old school marketing you were talking about? So um, I have uh, been in the marketing industry for about 100 years, easily. Um, so I've seen a lot. Well, I've you grown... only look 21. Oh, so bless your you heart. Go. I'm 42 next week. <laughs> wow. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, okay, 100 years, give or take. Uh, but I have been doing this since I was 13 years old. Um, and I haven't done anything except marketing. So I've grown up in it. I've seen it from the Coca-Cola days, what you mentioned, Joe, at the out of home, um, to 2014, which gave me a rude awakening. So the world shifted for me. I was in London with Teacher Brand to Fish, um, had some B2B clients as well, and the world became quite different. So as a good marketer, I went, what led to this? So I decided that I would look at the three biggest trends in consumer behavior for the last 10 years. So the three biggest trends every year from 2005 up to the end of 2014. Now, it took me six months to do that research, and it's quite obvious what I've discovered. I didn't know it coming into it and it was meaning so I did what was called the conscious economy rising it's a piece of research to help me figure out what was going on and I'd summarize it like this marketing was all about fear shame and guilt so fear in the heart shame in the body guilt in the mind and we would trigger this in you on purpose and then we'd say now if you buy this product (laughs) It'll fix your FSG triangle, which is how I lovingly refer to fear, shame, and guilt. In 2014, something happened, and I actually don't know what happened, but the world shifted, and we went from marketing that needs to be about fear, shame, and guilt to marketing that can now be about your inner authority. Should we pick up on that after the break? Yeah, Yeah, go on. Let's take a break. 93.9, Dublin South FM. You're listening to Joe Dalton on Dublin South FM. Community radio with a global audience. And welcome back. Oh, it's getting hot in here, isn't it? Hot, hot, it's getting hot. hot. And the discussion, I think, is about to get even hotter. So, Shannon, you were talking about the old school, the fighting, the fear, and all that sort of yep. stuff. The new type of stuff. Talk to us about that. Your inner authority. 
So in 2014, I noticed a shift in the world. Marketing, in my opinion and my experience, went from triggering fear, shame, and guilt in you to get you to buy my thing to creating a space for you to try a different way of marketing, which acknowledges your inner authority, that, that part of you that is created to everything that has all-knowing, all-access, all-creativity. And when I speak to that part of you, there's something in you that responds and having marketing activity play to that part of you without trying to trigger your FSG, your fear, shame, and guilt. Passion, love, exactly. desire. And therefore, the term thought leader and influencer in that space kind of plays a part. Now, I appreciate, like everything, it's been bastardized and yeah. abused. But I have a whole lot of support and respect for people who want to acknowledge their inner genius Within I mean, that guys, space, within that brave. authentic space. Do you know say, how yeah, hard yeah, yeah. it is to create something worthy of criticism mm. with your hands? <laughs> I mean, the criticism's easy. Yeah. But to be like, you know what? I'm going to put my head above the parapet, especially in the UK where they like to see you fall down. That takes on I think yeah. as well, social media is, is not new anymore. No, you're right. So um, your audience is way more intelligent and they're way more clued into what's happening on social media now. So you can't put that false perspective out and say I'm a multinational corporation when ultimately it's you on your own in your bedroom with a laptop you know the honest story is what sells today because of the audience the audience is so more, much more clued into what's happening you were talking about your business last night Newbox and you know you, you don't have loads of employees right uh, effectively it's a bit like my business it's, it's just your, your business but there are the way you set it up there are people who could see it as a big, bigger business than it is and you were saying that's not necessarily a good thing for you yeah it's, it's, it's one of those kind of pitfalls that you can potentially fall into because you you ultimately get compared to the larger larger media agencies whether you like it or not um, but ultimately it's it's me it's my laptop I might bring in that's the beauty of it yeah collaborators every now and then but it, I, I suppose maybe I'm falling into my own story as well yeah. but I do try and put myself out there as much as possible in terms of an honest perspective of it is just me yeah. you know when I work with you, it is going to be very much hand in hand. Mm. I am going to become part of your company. Yep. So and I am going to be a collaborator and I will be on the yep. journey from day one. So do you help, would you say that you help people then who would get, give them that visual experience online so people can resonate with them? Yes, but ultimately, I suppose the, the, the majority of people that I come across are, are startup entrepreneurs. So it's showing, not showing them, but was hand-holding them along the, the process of who are you, what do you want to be, what's your voice, where do you want to be further down the line, how big do you want it to, to grow, is it just you and your own for the rest of your life doing what you want to do, are you a coach, educational perspective, whatever. That, 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 that's yeah. a key point, I, I see because you do it for me, right? yeah. I see you as enhancing the spirit or the essence of who your client is, mm. right? Not who they're not, not who they're pretending to be, but who they are, and also where they could go. You know that that's really important. You know, it's it's, it's underlining as, the yeah. reality, the authenticity. Yeah, like, there's, there's a psychology to it as well, and that's you know, I started Newbox from essentially an, an unhappy place. I was in a, a you know ten year career in recruitment, um, had studied in media and production, and had never really put it into practice, and had always wanted to, and from a very unhappy place Newbox was born and the ultimate goal was to make me happy and that is essentially the ethos of what I want to do with everyone that I deal with I want to, to find what your company is 
and find what it is about that that's going to ultimately make you happy. Joey. And that will show through in simple things like, you know, what your brand looks like from a, a font perspective, a colour perspective. So when you stand in front of a presentation, it is you. Yeah, I think it's congruent right across mm-hmm. all boards as well. Like yeah. I'm even pedantic about making sure that same image is right across. Yeah. Because people will get confused. Mm-hmm. I always say, make your stuff online visually that, you know, treat everyone as an idiot, even yourself, and throw it out across there. Because if you don't, someone will find something and go, I didn't know that. Mm. So that's why I say, even if you throw one image of yourself on one social media and one on something else, people won't recognise that it's the same. And it's so small. But, Robbie, the the smallest things can make the biggest difference. Completely, because it's who you are. You know, know, everything about you, whether you realise it or not, will reach out and... You know, affect somebody that you come across. Yeah, and it's. I wrote an article there, I posted up on LinkedIn, and it was to do with tactics, okay, mm. and strategy. And in it, I said that most people feel they need to be doing something. Yeah. So they just go, I need to do this. So they build a landing page or a video or whatever, and they just build it. And that's called force, and they're forcing, and they're getting no results. Where if they actually strategize what they're doing, ask those questions, yeah. what I say is make a list of questions, look at them, don't answer them. 48 hours and then go back and, and look at them so getting that creative yeah. mind going yeah. and then when you do that then put in the tactics because mm. what it is is it's getting you to be you and answering them instead of listening to me out there and going oh he's saying that and I just got to write something yeah. do you know that's, yeah. that's what it is well if you is. want someone to believe in your message you have to believe in the force essentially the first person you have to sell to is you. Yeah. Right. Shannon, in terms of what's next for you, where you, where you, where you want to take this business, where this business could go, what, what's next for you? Well, I'm in the middle of a, um, a pilot for Teach a Brand to Fish at the moment. Uh, we are, um, so in terms of transparency and honesty, uh, there's two of us in the office in Rathmines, and then I have full-time staff, four of them in the Philippines, which only took me seven years to figure out <laughs> that system. Um, But I'm in a pilot program right now with a brilliant client uh, where I'm trying to resolve how to do a commission-only marketing program. And it's been extraordinary because um, I'm 10 days into it. I have a marketing system that delivers revenue and or qualified sales leads, depending on how long your business, your sales cycle is, inside 16 weeks. And because of the type of market that I want to serve, they don't necessarily have more than 10% of that target revenue to invest in marketing. So could I figure out a way to do a commission only? So I don't get paid unless they make a sale. And so I'm in that right now. And I got to tell you, I haven't slept <laughs> in 10 days. Yeah, it's, um, I know. It's noble. It's, it's noble. <laughs> like I know there's guys out there who will build and they'll go, okay, I'm building a new uh, email automation system with landing page in charge of nine grand example. Yeah. And then they want 20% of all ticket sales. Yeah. There's that element. Of it. But then there's the other man. Uh, if you say, oh, I'm doing this and it's commission only, realistically, you'll get every Tom, Tick and Harry jumping on it. There has to be yeah. an energy transaction. There has to be fair exchange. Yes. Absolutely agree. Now, this is a client who has worked and paid and invested in marketing with us for the last six months. Mm. This is a very unique situation. I could not extend this offer to everybody. But I have wanted to do a commission only because 
well, for many reasons. One, I would be paid eight times more <laughs> than I get paid by the hour, <laughs> yeah. given the type of market that I work with. Um, but this is a unique opportunity. I have complete confidence in my ability to deliver sales. I have complete confidence in this client's product. And so I'm trialing it right now, and I'm going to see what happens. And I was just telling myself this morning, you know, I feel like I'm in the ring with uh, Muhammad Ali. And while I definitely don't need to win, I definitely need to go the distance. So that's something that I'm exploring right now. Yeah. Tell me, what? I'm going to ask Bochy as a question. Okay. Robbie Sattridge yourself. What advice would you give someone out there who wants to get noticed? Be honest. You will find your market, or your market will find you more yeah. more appropriately. Um, people are so hungry for followers that they're concentrating too heavily on the number. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with your market. Put your your, your own truth out there. And the, the right market for you will come to you. Yeah, vanity clicks people look for. I always say, and if, you know, 25% of people get you, 25% of people will sit in the fence, 50% of people will hate you and wish you're dead. <laughs> and there's one person in this whole world that proved that, and he was crucified for it, and his name was Jesus Christ. You know, so that's mm. it. It's, it's the 25% of people will follow you. Are like what you say. Mm. Online is a is a minefield. You know, you, you can like you could put one of the nicest posts you've ever thought of out there, thanking people, loving people. I guarantee you, fifty percent of the online world will hate you for it. Yeah, and you just need point. to understand that, get over it, and just like I said, be honest with yourself and be honest with your market, and the right people will come to you, and your business will organically grow off the back of it. Damn. What What's next for you, Robbie? What's your ideal next twenty four months? Uh, I'm on a I'm on a nice path of. of personal growth which is, is kind of why I started Newbox which is good I want to continue to, to, to learn which is always a, a key facet of who I am um, ultimately I'm open to, to where that goes uh, I'm, I'm not a big believer in having you know a set five year plan because ultimately we don't know what the, the world is going to look like in 12 months yeah. or 24 months but I, I yeah. The idea is to continue to grow. And your ideal clients in this brand strategy underpinning area, what are your ideal potential clients? If, right they're, now, if they're out there listening. Yeah, right now it. they're startup entrepreneurs uh, or, or, you know, guys and ladies with, you know, maybe five five to ten employees. Yeah. Uh, people who aren't sure what their voice is or where they're going to be um, or have had one unsuccessfully and they're looking to pivot. Yeah. That's that's a it's a big market segment that I wanna wanna crack into as well. Yeah. Yep. We're just getting close on on the end of time. So I'm just gonna to jump to yourself mm. and say what sort of what would you say to people to get them noticed? What advice would you give them? Focus and specificity. When you are proactively doing marketing, you need to be completely clear on the market segment that will have the highest probability of converting into revenue for your business. Super niche. For your proactive marketing, your employees, salespeople, networking, you can go and talk to anyone you want. But when you're investing 10% of your total incremental revenue in marketing, you need to make that crystal clear. It is this job title at this type of firm. And I tell you what, if you need 10 new clients, you only need to go and find 100 of those. Clarity. Mm, Where can people find you? Teachabrandtofish.com forward slash free workshop. And on LinkedIn? Teachabrandtofish or Shannon Eastman. And yourself? Uh, newbox.ie, or you can give me my email as Robbie at newbox.ie. Uh, I'm on Instagram and LinkedIn as well. It's just Robbie Caffrey on, on LinkedIn. Brilliant. Um, yeah. And yourself? Uh, as ever, Simon at simonhaig.com. And uh, what, what are you doing next week, Joe? 
What's what am I doing you? next week? And I want to know about the event in Galway. Yeah, yeah uh, well, what we're doing is uh, the 5th of October, we're running a new event, which is following on from our two successful Dublin events, which is Change Your Mind, Change Your Life. And that is really connecting with people who are conscious in business. And then I'm running that as well in Cork, Wexford and the Midlands. And then I'm also creating a mastermind which is for uh, advisors and business leaders, which will get them into a room for three hours and hash everything out. And I'm running one of them twice a month as well, uh, one in Dublin and one in Cork. And we're running them through for the end of the year. And everything can be found with me on LinkedIn, which is Joseph Dalton, which I need to change to Joe because I'm going with Joe now. (laughs) And my website is joedalton.ie. But on that note, I would really, really like to thank the two of you and Mike for coming on today. It was awesome. I really enjoyed it. I did. And Simon, give me a high five there. Another successful show. And nothing went wrong (laughs) for Friday the 13th. (laughs) We just realised that Danny Hazen, our engineer, next door hasn't been recording it. But the great news as well, this show from Monday will be available on uh, iTunes and the following week on Spotify. So until then, folks, we'll catch you next Friday. Have a super lovely weekend. And from myself and Simon, take it easy. Thank you. You're listening to Joe Dalton on Dublin South FM, community radio with a global audience. Everything's fine on 93.9 Dublin South FM.